Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that little intro that I made. Um, <laughs> makes me sound so much more official now. I wanted to just um, briefly thank everyone that listened to the first episode and reposted and shared on their stories and uh, messaged me privately, text messages, you know, things like that, and just were saying how much they enjoyed the first episode, how much they... Uh, like the content and how much they're looking forward to the next episode. And I hope that we can keep that momentum going strong. And, um, I just want to give you some information that, you know, just, just like I made that intro, I'm going to be doing things to improve the audio quality. So just bear with me. I'm not very technologically proficient and things like that, but I'm hoping that I can make the podcast better with each episode, make it sound better, add things, music, like that intro, different things to make it sound more professional and make the audio quality sound better. So um, I just, again, I want to thank every single person that shared and messaged me. You guys are awesome. I love you all so much. And I want to make you proud in this second episode. So obviously you have seen the title again. And today uh, I want to speak to you from the topic and the title, Destroying Darkness. And I actually added a subtitle to this episode, which is Destroying Darkness, subtitle, How We Can Dismantle a Spirit of Heaviness That's Trying to Attach Itself to Our Generation. Um, in this topic and in this title and in this episode, I want to deal with this spirit of heaviness, which is depression, anxiety, and fear that I feel is trying to attach itself to my generation and um, in ways that are unprecedented and haven't been seen yet. You know, uh, I want to read to you some statistics that anger me greatly and bother me. And um, when you hear these statistics, I want you to think about how, you know, a serious of an issue that this is. Listen to this. The first statistic. Suicide has become the second leading cause of death among teenagers. Second statistic. Antidepressants have become the most prescribed medication for people aged 15 to 24. Those are two statistics that make me angry in my spirit, and I feel like this is a topic that's very important. And, um, you know, there's things all throughout the Bible that we can learn and apply to our lives to destroy this spirit that's trying to attach itself to our generation. Firstly, I want to begin with a very famous psalm out of Psalm chapter 16 and verse 11. The Bible says in Psalm 16, 11, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I want you to understand, firstly, that within the presence of God is the absence of every problem in your life. It's impossible to feel depressed within the presence of a God who is love, joy, peace, power, and everything else that's good in life. And more specifically, the absence of your problem 
is within the presence of God, because problems cannot exist in the same atmosphere as God. God is too good and too perfect for evil to live inside the same atmosphere as him, let alone for evil to feel comfortable being in the same room as him. And a big reason why depression is running rampant is because most ministers and most preachers don't have a strong enough authority and don't have a strong enough anointing to make it uncomfortable and to cast it out of their churches. They let people with unclean spirits feel free and at liberty to do whatever they want, even up to the point where they promote these people into leadership positions above others. That's why everyone has to turn to counseling and medication and all these temporary worldly solutions to the problem because in reality, the answer to the problem should be an anointed man or woman of God who's strong enough to cast it out. But the thing is, they're probably struggling with the same thing. But let me say this, when God steps into a room, depression, problems, fear, anxiety have to leave that room. When God steps into a room, every evil thing that would try to attach itself to your life has to break off and leave in the mighty name of Jesus. Because evil has no right to be in the same atmosphere as the living God whom we serve. Think of it this way. It's impossible to flip on a light switch in a room and for darkness to resist the light that was turned on and for that room to remain dark. Darkness must bend to the will of of light because light is stronger than darkness in every way and a main purpose of light is to expel darkness you know you think of the story of creation in genesis in some of the first couple of verses in the bible and the bible says that god saw that darkness was in the earth and was over the face of the deep and the earth was without form and listen to this the first words that god ever spoke in scripture that are recorded were simply this let there be light. And the Bible says there was light. So don't tell me that this is a topic that God is interested, interested in. It was the first objective and priority that God had when he created the universe. God saw darkness was over the earth and he spoke light into existence and that darkness was destroyed and removed. We're called to unleash light in a dark world. And now we have become bearers of that light. And we are witnesses of that light, and we carry that light wherever we go. Let me say this. The only time light is overcome by darkness is when that light is hidden, covered, or turned off. The Bible says this in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Hallelujah. So what does that passage tell me as a believer? That no darkness in this world can compare to the light of the world that dwells within you and me, which is Christ Jesus. And the problems that are occurring in our generation are only occurring because of people who are too afraid or too disinterested in telling people that that light they have within them could destroy the darkness that is in their life. Because no problem of the world is greater than the presence of God or His light. 
and a problem cannot exist where his presence dwells. God's presence destroys depression, anxiety, and fear. And that spirit of depression, anxiety, and fear that has tried to attach itself to our generation must be destroyed and must die in Jesus' mighty name. It's not a mental disorder. It's not a chemical imbalance in your brain. It's not something that's genetic and, oh, it was passed down to me from my mother and my grandmother and that's why I deal with it. No, it's a spiritual attack that's trying to steal purpose before it gets a chance to start. Doctors' medications can't cast it out. Every psychiatric book in Barnes & Noble can't solve the problem. All the counseling in the world can't remove it. No politician can legislate a law that can get rid of it because you can't solve a supernatural issue with a natural solution. It's something that has to be approached as a supernatural problem and must be dealt with with a supernatural power, which is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This generation doesn't need another pill or another counseling session. This generation needs an encounter with the Holy Spirit to remove that darkness that's trying to attach itself to them. They need an experience that's unexplainable because it's impossible to be depressed in the atmosphere of joy, which is God. The Bible says, we read it, Psalm 1611, that within his presence is the fullness of joy. It's impossible to be afraid when God puts a fire on the inside of your spirit that quenches every wicked thing that would try to attach itself to you. It's impossible to have suicidal thoughts when you're in an atmosphere to re receive instruction for your future. It's impossible to be in defeat when the God who has all victory steps into your situation. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important to stay in, in an anointed church and in God's presence as much as possible, especially while you're young and developing. You know, growing up, my parents never allowed me to skip church. They never allowed sports to interfere with our church attendance. You know, if there was a football practice I had that was on a Wednesday night, or if there was a game on the weekend during church services, I would not be allowed to go to my sports event, and my parents would make sure I was in the house of God. And I'm so glad that I had parents that valued the house of God over things and priorities that are not supposed to be more important than God or church or the anointing. God's house always comes first. God's house always comes first. You know, if my parents allowed me to miss church, I think about how different my life would have been. But I thank God that I had parents that made it a necessity and a priority to get me in the house of God. You have to place a value on God's presence in order to experience it. If you come to church expecting nothing and that church is just something that we do and there's nothing really tangible or real benefit that we get from it, then that's exactly what you'll get from it. You'll get what you expect. You'll get nothing if you expect nothing. And what you value and expect is one of the first thing that God sees because God won't reveal something to him if something to you if you won't receive what he has to reveal to you. And God won't reveal precious things to people that see his precious thing as a common thing. And God's house and his presence are not common, they're precious. And I value the anointing because I understand that without the anointing, I won't be able to do what I'm called to do, and I won't be able to operate in peace and joy and live a life in victory. I can't do it in my own, in my own flesh, in my own strength. I need the power of the Holy Spirit and God's Holy Ghost to strengthen me for every day. 
And I understand that I need supernatural assistance and direction from a God who knows all things. I'm in desperate need of God. And the Bible says that God is near to the brokenhearted and the contrite in spirit. So you might say, well, I'm too broken. I'm too this for God, you know, his presence to be in my life. No, you're the exact person that God's looking to pour out his unfailing love and supernatural presence on in a powerful way. You know, God doesn't want to use prideful people that think they can do it without him. He wants the ones who have a desperate need for him, and he wants to reveal himself to the ones that understand that need. He doesn't cast pearls before swine, but he gives precious things, his anointing and his presence to people who first value it and then steward it so that God can multiply what he's given. And how do you prove you value God's presence? Well, the proof of what you value is always found in what you pursue. If I value something, I'll pursue it with everything I have. You know, if you love someone, or if you love something, then you'll pursue it and your love is expressed in the pursuit that you show. You know, if I, you know, I have a girlfriend named Karen and if I say I love Karen, but I never call her, I never text her, I never want to take her out on a date or get her a gift or just tell her how much I love her, then she'll never know how much I love her if I don't express it in the pursuit that I have for her. Your love for a person or a thing naturally pushes you towards that thing or that person, not further away. So the proof of what you love is found in what you pursue. You know, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. So love and fear can exist in the same room because fear paralyzes you, but love moves you forward. And God is not looking for you to stay where you are. But when he enters your situation or your atmosphere, it's because he wants to put you on the move and advance and progress in your life. And when he walks in the room, that thing that tried to paralyze you and keep you bound to fear and anxiety and depression has to get its bags and walk out your room and your door because the authority of the room just shifted hands. You know, God's presence puts you in position to also hear his direction and his leading of what he wants you to do in life. The Bible says this in Psalm chapter 25, verses 5 to 9. It says this, David's writing, he says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old, from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways, but according to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. See, the answer to your next step and your next instruction and the thing that God wants you to do is found within his presence. Because God won't leave you directionless and God isn't too invested in you to not instruct you in your next step and your next path. But you have to be put yourself in a position to hear that voice, to hear that instruction, to hear that guidance, to hear that next step so you know the way that you should go. You know, I just read it. He says he will teach you his way and show you what is right. That's why it's so important to have God's voice active in your life and to be able to hear his voice and be in his presence where his voice is. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important to know what you allow in your atmosphere and the voices that are filling your atmosphere. 
And the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 6, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness, what accord has Christ with Belial, or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols, for we are the temple of the living God? So let me get into this. What you allow in your atmosphere always indicates what you allow in your life. You see, sometimes the problems we deal with are not because of us, but they're because of the voices that we've allowed to speak into our atmosphere. You know, if I want to live righteously, but all my friends are in sin and I hang out with them more than I spend time with God, then their voices will overshadow God's voice. You know, and you might say, Preston, well, that's judgmental. You know, I want to hang out with people to, so I can be a witness and, you know, preach the gospel to them. First of all, you're not preaching the gospel to them. Second of all, you won't benefit them. They'll affect you in a negative way. You know, because what you fill with your atmosphere is a sure sign of what your future will look like. Because what you fill your atmosphere with will reveal what you'll fill your future with. And it's impossible to live in defeat, for instance, if you fill your atmosphere with Jehovah Nisi, the God who is your banner of victory. It's also impossible to live in depression if you fill your life with the presence of God, which contains the fullness of joy. How can you be sad if joy is in the chair sitting right next to you? How can you be defeated when victory walks into the room? How can you lack any good thing if the one who fulfills all things and gives every good thing is in your atmosphere? But on the other hand, how can you live in courage if you allow discouraging people in your atmosphere? You know, if I surround myself with people that are like, well, Preston, that's great. You want to be a preacher, but really, you know, preachers don't make money. And if you're going to have a hard life and blah, 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 blah. And I constantly have these voices in my head telling me these things. It's going to be very hard to live a life that's encouraged if I surround myself with discouragement constantly. You know, you might say, well, Preston, Jesus spoke to sinners. Jesus was with sinners all the time. Yes, he was. But those people that were sinners weren't his disciples because Jesus had a very tight circle of close friends and people that he trusted to be around him in his ministry. You know, you don't have to be best friends with someone in order to be a witness to them. You'll end up hurting yourself more than helping that person. And it's hard to be joyful if all you hang out with is bitter, depressed people that are down and complaining and worry all the time. It's hard to live righteously if you hang out with people that are in constant sin. If you don't control your atmosphere, God can't control your destiny or the direction that he wants you to take in life. Because again, what I allow in my atmosphere is an indicator to what I'll allow in my life. And so in order to be more like God, I have to spend more time with God. I want to read to you quickly another portion of scripture that's found in Genesis chapter 33 verses 12 to 14. Because I want to show you another benefit of God's presence in your life. Uh, let me turn to it real quickly. Give me some time. You might hear the pages flipping when I turn to it. But here's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 33 verse 12 to 14. The Bible says, Moses said to the Lord, See you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. You have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, Lord, please show me now your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. 
Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, the Lord said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Another benefit of God's presence in your life is that God's presence gives you supernatural rest and strength. It's impossible to feel worn out in God's presence because being in God's presence allows you to have a charging station and a fueling station for your spirit. And you'll never feel worn out and in defeat and like you don't know what to do or where to go in God's presence. Because worshiping God and praying to God shouldn't be a chore and it shouldn't be something you see as a religious obligation that this is just something that we do. It's just something, you know, that we just do because it's traditional and we just do it every week. No. It shouldn't be a draining thing to worship God and get in His presence. It should be a vitalizing thing. It should be the thing you look forward to the most. It should be something that gives you strength to go throughout your day. You should be excited to go to church. You know, not in the full-blown depression when you wake up and it's 9 a.m. and you got to get ready for church and you worked all week. I understand it can be hard, but you should wake up when you're getting ready to go to church or a midweek service and be like, man, this is my opportunity to get a word from God, to be charged up for what God wants me to do in this next stage of my life. You know, when you're at home and you have free time, you know, you should spend more time with God than anything else. You should desire to be in his presence and to hear his word and hear his direction of what he wants you to do. It should be the most exciting, charging, energizing, thing that you do in life. You know, and what, while I'm on the subject, let me mention some benefits of worship because worship is something that brings you into the presence of God. Well, firstly, worshiping helps you get the attention off of you and onto God. You know, one of the things I've noticed and I, th I think is a reason why people, you know, have a heavy thing. You know, the Bible says, that God will give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. So one of the things that God gives as a weapon and a tool to combat heaviness and a spirit of heaviness is praise and worship to God. That's one of the reasons why God commands us to worship Him. Because if you don't worship and you don't praise, you'll spend all your time focusing on you and all your flaws and all the things that are wrong with you and why you can't do this and why you can't do that. But when you worship, you cast off all the burdens on your heart and the weights that are on your shoulders and you feel lighter when you praise and when you worship God. I know some people can you know, testify to that and understand what I'm saying. But if you don't worship, you know, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll become insecure. You'll become, you know, so self-reflecting and look in the mirror and, you know, you'll hate what you see because you're so focusing on yourself and you haven't casted off those burdens and laid them at God's feet. And you're carrying things that you were never designed or created to carry. We're created to be worshipers of God so that we can release all those heavy things and so that God can carry them for us because we weren't built or designed or created to carry them. You know, one reason that people don't worship is because, you know, they're prideful and they just want to look at themselves. But worship, true worship, is shifting your eyes and your focus from yourself, who is flawed, to a God who is flawless and perfect in every way. You know, it's easy to get discouraged if you're always looking at yourself, who is flawed and not perfect. You know, but it's impossible to get discouraged if you look at a God who is flawless and perfect in every way. 
you know, and unlike humans, where sometimes the closer you get, the more flaws you see, you know, oh, you know, someone looks pretty good from far away, but as you get closer, you notice their blemishes or something, you know, that you couldn't see from far away and you notice all the flaws or something. But with God, the closer you get, the more perfection that you see. And getting close to God in his divine presence is the ultimate method of destroying depression and every dark thing that would try to steal your joy. In conclusion, I just want to tell you that God has a supernatural plan for your life, that God has a method and a way of removing every dark thing on your life, everything that's binding you, everything that makes you feel like you can't do what you're called to do. And that depressive spirit, that heavy spirit, that dark spirit must bend to the light that's within you, must bend to the joy that will come in the presence of God. God's presence destroys that spirit so quickly and so easily that it would blow your mind. I promise you that if you'd make a you know, a vow and make a declaration that I'm going to get in the presence of God this week, then you will not deal with that spirit of heaviness, darkness, and depression. It's the easiest way and most effective method to eliminate that thing from your life forever. I want to say, as we wrap up this podcast, you know, that I love you and I'm excited for what this podcast will continue to do for people that are looking for an answer and for a word. And, um, before we go, I just want to pray with you because I want you to understand that God has something so great for your life that he can't that it can't even enter into your mind the Bible says that no man has, you know, heard it, no man has seen it, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the thing that God has prepared for them, for the, for them that love him and are called according to his purpose. And I know that God is going to do something great in your life this year. And I'm excited that God is raising up young people all over the place that have a passion for his word and want to see, you know, the devil's work and what he's done destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. So if you would, just pray with me quickly before we go. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence that contains supernatural joy. I thank you, God, that if any person was listening to this podcast today and they felt like they've dealt with depression and fear and things like that, a spirit of heaviness, God, I thank you that your presence in their life would break that off of them forever and that they would never deal with it again. God, I thank you that they're equipped through your presence to combat that spirit. And not only will it come off of their life, but they'll be anointed and sent to break it off of other people's life now that they've been made free. We God, we pray all in your son's mighty name, Jesus. And we say in Jesus' name we pray and that it's done forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for again tuning into this podcast, the second episode. Uh, we're going to be releasing weekly content. I'm planning for every Friday. And I'm thinking probably in the evening, around 5 p.m. or so. So stay tuned. Make sure to subscribe and tune back to the podcast for more episodes. And once again, I love you. God loves you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram. And stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.